Hello and welcome to the first recipient podcast in our series examining the future of hospitality finance. My name is Chris Stock, I'm the Managing Director of Percipient and I have the pleasure of being the host of this series, welcoming some of our customers and colleagues from the hospitality industry. In today's episode, we're pleased to be joined by Jan Janssen, Group Operational Controller for an award-winning global collection of luxury retreats and hotels. Jan will be sharing with us how the pandemic has affected his role within hospitality finance, the measures he's taken to navigate our way through the lockdowns and his plans for managing the ongoing uncertainties that continue to loom over the industry in the future. Jan, thank you so much for joining us today. I am delighted to have you with us for this first podcast. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your role within the business? Uh, well, thanks very much, Chris, for having me on your podcast. Um, so, yeah, for uh, for the last 20 years or so, I've worked in, in large five-star hotels across uh, various different countries. I started my journey in Amsterdam, then in Rotterdam, uh, Dublin, and finally up in London, where I've been a finance director for <clears throat> hotels anywhere reaching from 160 to about 420 bedrooms and large F&B operations. And before that, um, before settling into my uh, my current role as uh, operational controller and and the big part of the job at the moment and it has been in the in the last uh, few roles is all about operational efficiency trying to make uh, finance work for the hotel and that usually means uh, any form of how do we get uh, in the shortest possible way things like invoices into the system and get them paid without too much manual work or even uh, like i've done now and in the past implementing uh, various different uh, finance systems so yeah, that's uh, that is uh, a little bit about my background. So a lot of uh, hotels, if not all of it, and always finance. Okay, it's quite interesting. And then from a personal perspective, obviously you're a, you're a proud Dutchman, so we'll we'll steer clear of F one if we may. But um, what can we find Jan doing of an evening, of a weekend? <laughs> Yeah, no, if it's not indeed uh, watching uh, the F1, and uh, yes, it is either whether uh, whatever happened in F1 stays in F1, but uh, being a proud Dutchman, that means I have to cycle. It is, uh, I think it's genetic if you're Dutch. So yes, I do love to go and uh, out for cycling and go off to uh, to the office. So that's uh, it's always a nice bit of exercise and uh, basically racing around the Kent countryside is, uh, is a wonderful thing to do as well. If I'm not cycling, I'm going to try and travel as much as I can. But uh, of course, the last two years have not been uh, terribly great for that. And I love a bit of skiing, but I still have to probably postpone that for another year. It's all, it'll come, it'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope so. So if we focus on, on the work you've done, so obviously you made, you made a key decision prior to the pandemic to modernize your finance system and, and processes and, and the move to the cloud. Can you, can you talk us through the key drivers behind that decision and, and, what, and, what, process, and what the process was involved? Um, basically, when I started um, in my current role, we, we were really looking at our portfolio of hotels. We have, over the last couple of years, done a nice few uh, acquisitions to, to get us to the point where we are now. So, yes, we ended up with a lovely, nice portfolio of hotels, but we also realized that we actually ended up with about three or four different finance systems, and none of them were actually talking to each other. Um, as you already mentioned in the introduction, we're an international company. We operate in seven different countries, in seven different currencies. So yeah, getting sort of any results to um, into one currency and consolidated, if you don't have one single uh, finance system, that is an absolute nightmare. And that's exactly what we found. It wasn't just difficult trying to put any sort of decent numbers together. That, that already took us the best part of almost two weeks 
for people to send in their spreadsheets for us to consolidate everything and it was it really wasn't working uh, for some of the hotels we couldn't even log into their system so we didn't even have any means of checking that whatever they sent us was uh, was right or wrong or if there were any mistakes made yes or no so yeah but for us it was not a question of of when do we do it but it's more like how quickly can we do it there was just no way of continuing with uh, with where we were so what we did in the end is um, we we engaged in a consultant to actually in sort of get get a feel for what it is that we really needed in our system and also to understand sort of what are the the actual legal requirements because of course in seven different countries you have almost seven different set of rules when it comes to uh, things like uh, corporation tax, VAT returns, withholding taxes, it's all sorts of the, the fun financial bits that are different in every single country that also needs to work in uh, in your finance system. So yeah, we, uh, the consultant spent a fair bit of time uh, reviewing those because it, uh, it took him actually quite a while to understand the, the what's, the where's and the how's and then came up with a list of, of systems to choose from. And in the end, it was indeed SageX3 that we, uh, that we found to be able to handle all of our requirements. So yeah, when it comes to the, the decision, it was more forced upon us, given that we had really no other choice because what we had, and it wasn't just the fact that it was so different systems, it was also the actual information that we got out was, uh, was poor. So that really had to, had to be addressed to have to be able to well to create any sort of decent reporting uh. okay and i know uh, i know our consultants certainly visited some fantastic locations during the project and, and you were live and operational before the pandemic hit um and obviously then the industry's experienced the effect of those lockdowns how did what you'd done prior to that help you during that period and then perhaps the next question if you answer two together then perhaps would be did any changes you had to make during the pandemic then to, to how you're working and based on what you had set up so yeah, no, it's, uh, as I said, we were very, very lucky that we actually had all of our systems set up before the pandemic hit. As, yeah, as I mentioned before, we had no decent information. We had nothing to go on almost. And if we had information, it took us literally weeks and weeks to put any sort of decent analysis together. I had one wonderful example where I had to do some work on a restaurant and see how profitable it was on various times of the week and during uh, things like breakfast, lunch and dinner. And although all that information was happily gathered uh, by the team, by the local team uh, on a day by day basis, the only problem was it was sitting in 365 spreadsheets. So you can imagine the amount of work that went in there to actually uh, get anything out. So yeah, the fact that we had that up and running before the, the pandemic started gave us really the opportunity to almost instantly analyze our business and see where our costs were going, where our fixed costs were, what our uh, variable costs were, so that we could very quickly make decisions on how we actually would go through this pandemic. Uh, we are all small hotels, so yeah, that has a big, big impact. So it's not like losing 50 rooms out of uh, out of 350. Most of our hotels are around the 20, 25 bedroom mark. So usually that means all or nothing. So yeah, that gave us a real opportunity to uh, to analyze the business, make the decisions to, to help us actually get through the, uh, the the pandemic as best as we could. And um, so yeah, the, the the consequences. I think if we wouldn't have done this, it would have been far more severe. And this made it uh, this made our lives at least a whole lot. It's uh, it is a lot less working in the hotels before the pandemic. I think we used to travel a fair bit to the hotels to see everyone in person, but that has uh, very much. Uh, gone out the window for now 
so yeah that that does make life a little difficult to uh, to assess how people are doing and how your processes are going and see if that's still the most efficient way to operate uh, your business so yeah. i know we've had we've had several conversations uh, recently around sort of looking back on the journey you've been on and any recommendations you would make to anyone looking to, to embark on a similar journey to yourselves, perhaps maybe taking COVID out of, out of the equation in, in terms of, you know, in, in embarking on implementing a, a cloud-based financial system? Yeah, I think I think with any system implementation, I think whether or not you're into uh, into a pandemic or not into a pandemic, I think before you make any sort of changes, it is, and that's what we thought, it's really about what do we actually want? What does the end state need to look like? And that's regardless of whatever system that you choose. It is really thinking about what business am I in? What sort of reports would I like at the end of the day that I would like to have at a push of a button and to actually make sure that you have that data actually collected and then start choosing a system and setting up a system to be able to accommodate that. So one of those uh, examples where we realized almost a week before we went live, the thing that we missed was the, our chart of accounts. Not the fact that we hadn't thought of one, but more the fact that the our original chart of account was something like 12 or 13 digits to try and accommodate every single possibility and not using... Um, uh, a shorter chart of account and then using dimensions to actually to put the detail into a system. Because when you then realize that if somebody who is unlucky enough to do accounts payable and having to punch manual invoices into the system and every single time having to punch in a 13-digit account number, I don't. I think that will drive anyone nuts after about five minutes. So yeah, that's, those were the typical examples where We've, we should have thought about this a little earlier in the process than we did, but at least look, we were lucky enough to at least change it before we actually went live. <clears throat> but yeah, the, the, the main thing for me is to really, really think as a business and not just as a finance function about what would you like to get out of your system. We chosen a lot of uh, statistics so that we can do all of our reporting almost from, uh, from Sage. So that's the system that we ended up choosing. So yeah, it is really key to take all of those steps and ask all your stakeholders, what do you want as a as a product at the end of this? What what reports would you like to see that you currently don't have? And forget about uh, asking what you always had. Just to really think about what it is that we need to actually run our business. Yeah, no, you're right. It's often key, isn't it? Finding out what are the endpoints, what what are the end games, what what are the requirements uh, to look back. And is there anything anything that's come out of it? Any surprises in terms of benefits perhaps you didn't expect that's come from it or? Um, yes, there are actually some, some, some quite some surprises where, especially if you ask uh, some of our guys in the fields, where if you ask them what they would like in their new system, uh, we, we really came to find out that what they wanted was almost the same as what the previous system did. They hadn't thought about what was actually possible. So one of those examples where we realized almost well into going live that some hotels where we thought it was so obvious that if you run a payment uh, in your accounts payable that you actually push a button, you create a file in the system, you upload that to your online banking system, authorize it and get it paid. Some hotels had never realized that was even an option. So at the very last minute, that was a bit of a scramble to understand the, the, the reality of that and to still make that work. So yeah, it is really <laughs> about not just asking your staff, but also stepping back and think, you know, do we actually have the basics covered? Have we really thought about future-proofing our product and making, uh, and making basically our lives a little easier by, uh, by automating things like accounts payable and, uh, and the like? 
So um, if you look perhaps more generally, obviously, you know, we do a lot of work in, in the hospitality industry, so always keen to understand um, understand how our business is progressing. Obviously, you're, you're a company with, with locations based all around the world, so it's so lots of different challenges. How, how are you managing to stay on top of, of the ongoing sort of pandemic, both here and, and perhaps then and, and regionally? Well, staying on top is uh, almost next on impossible, we found out. It is it is almost really trying to uh, firefight wherever we can. Um, things seem to change almost uh, on a week-by-week basis. I think one of those classic examples where uh, in in the, the late stages of uh, of the summer of, uh, of last year, where uh, South Africa was taken again off the red list, so all of a sudden our, our November and December months, where it's December in South Africa, starting to fill up again nicely for all of our hotels in, uh, <clears throat> in South Africa. But all of a sudden in uh, early... Uh, early December or late November, I think, all of a sudden, South Africa with the new variant that came out was back on the red list. So we went from almost a fully booked Christmas to almost next to nothing within days. So yeah, trying to manage that, that is really, really stressful, even for our teams, where they don't know from one day to the next what's going on. And I think that has really, really put us uh, the focus more on our people than almost on our business, because we know that, that it's... Uh, especially with the changes, the travel restrictions, you can fill up one day and be empty the next or the other way around. <clears throat> so it is really, really key to be well as flexible as you can be. And I think now, especially after uh, after a few practice runs in the last year and a half, I think our teams have now been well adjusted to being uh, very, very flexible and really thinking, you know, you can't predict the future, but let's be ready that if business does come back and bounce back very steeply, that we can uh, readily deploy instantly and uh, and serve our customers again so yeah it's been really a a big focus it's all about health and safety these days about uh, conveying your message to uh, to your guests and saying we do all we can to keep you safe to make sure that everything is properly cleaned and that everyone's vaccinated and so yeah that is uh, that is almost a very much an education part as well from our side where we have to go and talk to our our, uh, not only our guests but our staff as well to educate them about things like vaccine uptake that it's really a good thing to do and and our guests really appreciate that that we can tell them that we really try and do as best we can so that they're actually feeling safe coming back okay and i guess then looking to the future what are the key challenges you believe perhaps you're facing and, and perhaps then any plans or maybe you touched on them slightly there, but any plans or initiatives you've got in place to, to address them both on a local and perhaps a global scale as well? So, yeah, I think as with uh, with any other company, the, the big drive for sustainability, I think it is still key for any company to make sure that you have some sort of plan in place and that you can actually demonstrate to your guests because guests are starting to ask about this travel agents are asking about us what are you doing when it comes to sustainability and achieving uh, net carbon zero so yeah that's one of the the big things that uh, that we're currently working on Uh, we operate in very remote locations so that means that usually that we have like diesel generators so now is really the time to get rid of those and start swapping to uh, to solar and wind but also, on the other hand, uh, logistics uh, with uh, with the two remote islands that we have in uh, in the BVI, it is a really big challenge to uh, to get any sort of logistics done. And yeah, that is currently uh, one of the big projects that we're working on to to set up a system uh, and insights to help us from the whole purchasing to pay 
cycle that we actually can order things on island have it boxed up in containers in miami and then shipped out to the island as efficiently as we can because yes it is a very expensive uh, side of our business to actually get any supplies on the island so the, if there's any ways of minimizing that that would be uh, that would result for us in, in big cost savings but i think that will involve a lot of training it's not necessarily the systems part it's usually the training of staff where you really have to make them aware to make better use of the systems that they have and what information is available to them so yeah we can demonstrate that if you need about one month of supplies on your island to be able to operate it smoothly then make sure that those supplies stay that way and don't start let them run out and actually use your systems to uh, to help you with this so yeah that those are the 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 bigger issues that we face at the moment so it's a lot of training a lot of uh, sustainability and logistics okay so um perhaps crystal ball time Jan, you've obviously worked <laughs> in the industry for, for a long long time a lot of experience what are your sort of predictions for the next sort of three five and ten years if you if you want to go that far as well in terms of perhaps the role that perhaps the finance function and even technology then may play in, in the future of hotels well, I think the technology will will have to start a bigger and bigger role. I think especially in the short term, things like global staff shortages, that is just an absolute major headache. Um, you know, people are really starting to rethink their lives. Where do I want to work? What do I want to do? And uh, I don't think hospitality in many cases haven't done themselves any favors with, uh, with the, the working environment. So that is something that we really need to start working on to make sure that hospitality is a, a rewarding place uh, to work and, and a great place to work. You know, I've been working in hospitality for 20 years and absolutely loved every minute of it. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is convincing more and more people to actually go and do it. So yeah, for the for the very short term, I think that will be difficult. So that means more and more automation. And I think for the midterm, well, let's say five years, it is really about the, almost re-examining how do we run our finance departments, how do we. Uh, automate as much as we can and that doesn't mean and i think that is always a scary subject in, in hospitality to talk about how do we get rid of people i think that is very much the wrong word it is this is really about uh, getting rid of the jobs that that don't add value the classic example that, like uh, punching in invoices in accounts payable that is such a uh, a mind-numbing job it is it is really finding the ways to uh, to automate those the systems are there and it's uh, it's more to see how we can actually integrate that sooner rather than later but also also on the on the front uh, guest facing sides do we still need guest check-in kiosks uh, is there any way of automating those i think in our in our world that might be less important given that we are like in the luxury or uber luxury market so there will still be people who uh, who really want to be checked in by a person but given that we're now all of a sudden be faced with a pandemic there might be well people who say you know what if i can stay away from people and just check in myself by phone or whatever that might work too so yeah it is it is really using that uh, that technology to, uh, to improve our business and not necessarily do away with the human element, but to use them and deploy them better than what we're currently doing. And yeah, and I think for the very long term, it's, it's all about uh, sustainability, carbon net zero. <clears throat> we are in the, in the travel business. I think we've seen, uh, especially in the last two years, the impact or the, le or the actual lack of travel, what, what sort of a great impact that has had on, uh, on things like uh, air pollution in big cities. 
So I think people are really starting to think now, you know, is this still the way forward? Is mass tourism still the way forward? And for us, that will mean how do we adapt to this? How do we actually get to the point where we are uh, actually doing what we're committing ourselves to do, <clears throat> as in be net carbon zero and be sustainable? But yeah, in the, in, the, in the locations that we operate, that's going to be very, very, very difficult. But then, as we do already now, we hope to showcase the environment. We hope to showcase the communities where we work in and that we can make them a little better. So yeah, for I think the, the very long term, I think that will be all about uh, sustainability. And hopefully we have automated everything by then properly. That's certainly a good goal. I think, and, and the point you made around technology there, I think it's what we've seen a lot of in terms of, Hotels have invested very heavily in technology in terms of guest facing, you know, front of house systems, et cetera. And then the finance function has always been left to the end. And, and that can be very much an old system or spreadsheets. And, and as you say, it's not automated and, and they're starting to realize that now. And that's really where for a certain amount of investment, you can certainly get a lot of benefits. And as you found and other customers of ours are finding as well, I think, I think that's a really important point. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's indeed, it's uh, especially in, uh, in, in, the, in the Western world where payroll is expensive, that is where you can really make a, a big dent in, in payroll cost if you actually really start examining the way you operate or the way you, you really run your finance business. And that is uh, really looking into your processes in real, real detail and say, who is doing what? Is it, does it make sense that, uh, that we still do all of these steps? Can we skip things? Can we automate it? But yeah, in other parts like in, in Morocco where we operate as well, the the investment versus the payroll cost doesn't always work out that way. So yeah, that, that's where we can still use people to to a better extent than we do a technology. So it's not always uh, an easy an easy comparison. Uh. Okay. No, listen. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us today, Jan. I think, from my perspective, I think the, perhaps the key takeaway points from 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 what you said are. Obviously, the, the cloud-based systems giving you that access across the board before where you had separate systems, it, it made that whole lot harder. And I think I think data is key as well. You've touched on it a few times in terms of the access to information you've now got that allows you to model different scenarios based on, on, the, on the changing world that, that we live in. I think has really sort of has delivered the, the big benefits to you and obviously the reporting as well. You've talked about, you know, longer having to go digging for things, information is pushed to you and, and you're using. I think that's really... Uh, that's really delivered some benefits to you. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I think especially you know, going forward, it's, uh, we're now all able to fully work from home with the systems that we have. So yeah, that is a, a major, major benefit. Thank you very much. Okay, no, thank you. And I hope, uh, hope the winter's weather kind to you uh, for your cycling. <laughs> Thanks very much, Chris. Thanks, Jan. Thank you again to Jan for his time today. Join us on our next episode when we'll be speaking to Christine Davis from Exclusive Hotels about how they future-proof their finance function with some powerful reporting capabilities.